welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another fantastic episode of Pittsburgh Made with me, Logan Carney, and my good friends, Dakota Lamb and Spencer Witt. This is our, I believe, our third episode so far. Still in quarantine. Number four. You missed out on number three. That's right. That's right. Number four. Yeah. Number four. Still, still stuck in quarantine, so that's 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 still going on. But sports are back, so we have a lot to talk about. Uh, the Penguins disappointed a lot of us last week. We're gonna get into that. Um, the Pirates, you know, didn't get to lose this past week, so we'll talk about that. And then, of course, whip and big news from the Whippeal, the Big Ten, and, and more college sports and high school sports all around that we're gonna get into. But guys, why don't we just jump right into the big news of the week? Um, now, I know I missed last week's episode um, for the sports talk portion. We had a great guest. I was glad to be a part of that. But, um, you guys talked about the Penguins' loss. Um, the Penguins, the last game before they lost. Uh, so, why don't you guys just, why don't we start and just talk about the episode. That was a horrible intro for this topic, by the way. I have no idea what I was saying. But, let's just jump right in on the Penguins' talk. Topic. Hopefully, hopefully this discussion will be better than that intro. Dakota, th- what were your thoughts? Well, I can tell you that the Penguins did not play better than your intro. It was <laughs> it was awful. I, to have them come back and to feel the exhilaration of it wasn't even really the playoffs, but still to have hockey back, to watch the Penguins on the ice, and then to see them just totally fall apart, losing four games, go out with a whimper. It was very disappointing. I think. Spencer and I, if I recall, both of us thought they were going to lose the series, yeah. and I did not expect them, though, to lose game four. I thought that the the feeling and the pressure of moving an entire NHL team to another country to live in this bubble, to go through everything they went through, a new training camp, new quarantine, to play these games, that it would wake them up and realize they were the better team. I was wrong about that. They were terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was it was bad, and it. I'm not surprised after watching like game three, but it's just, I was disappointed, and simply put, I I I'm at a loss for words when it comes to that team. I know they're making changes. They're not renewing some assistant coaches' contracts, um, but it was disappointing, and you just kind of look forward to next year. Now you kind of just had to got to put this year behind you. What did you guys think of starting Jari over Murray in Game Four? I feel like you had to do it. I mean, it's just—I feel like you had to mix things up. You it was like a yeah, it was a mix-up, wake-up thing, right? It wasn't—I wouldn't blame Murray's performance for. The yeah, first I wouldn't. Three. I mean, you can't even say Murray was the reason they lost. The team as a whole was the reason they lost. Right. The team as a whole disappointed. The team as a whole stunk. It wasn't just Murray, but you know, after. Game three, I mean, you kind of have to mix things up like that. Um, I feel like I, I, I feel like you made the right call because you I mean you try to do something different, but it it wasn't it wasn't like they lost because Murray was the, just had a bad series. I mean, Murray wasn't great. Don't get me wrong, but the team as a whole stunk that series. I don't. I don't think. I don't think putting Murray in Game Four would have made a difference um, in the outcome of the series. I still think they would have lost with how bad the team as a whole was playing. Yeah, I mean, even then, you know, you look at Game Five or Game Four. I mean, the score was two nothing, 
and you know for a while it was nothing nothing i mean you could say that you know jari did a good job and he did what he was supposed to do and keeping you know for lack of a simpler term keeping the puck out of the net and that's exactly what he did it's just the the offense just sputtered and nothing happened until finally the canadians pushed through with one and then they got the second one on empty netter and that was that was the difference Going along with this Murray-Jari topic, uh, a lot of Pittsburgh media and then Rutherford also mentioned this at his end-of-season press conference. It's going to be tough to see both of them on the roster for next season. Do you think there's a demand in the NHL to acquire one of these two goalies and for the Penguins to ship one of them off? And if so, who do you think that'll be? If if you're Seattle, you got to be looking at one of these yeah. two. That's 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 my, my personal opinion. You know, Jari was an all-star this year. And Murray's won two Stanley Cups. And they're both, you know, in their mid-20s. So it's, they, they have, honestly, I would argue that they're more valuable than Flurry was when Flurry went to Vegas right now. Because the the argument we, for that is because of age, I think. Flurry age, had, age, had the age, but Jari and, you know, Jari and Murray are both younger. And, but Flurry did have a little more experience than Jari. But even then, you know, you would still want that upside of Jari. Yeah, age. Age is the big exactly. Age is the big reason that you want. And I still think Murray has a lot of upside. I think a lot of. I mean, Murray has obviously not has been as as good as he was when he his rookie year, when he when you know when he started his career in Pittsburgh. But I still think Murray is one of the better goaltenders in the league. Yeah. So the, the Penguins are lucky that they have two good, you know, great above average goalkeepers. Do you goalies. think? Do you think it's uh, an unfair thing for the Penguins that if what happens, what I think we're all expecting for in this expansion draft, Seattle takes another Penguins goalie. The Penguins have now lost two like franchise goaltenders, potentially two expansion drafts. Have the Penguins gotten screwed by the NHL expansion? I yeah, mean, the reason happens. the reason they had the reason they, they lost two goalies was because they had two good goalies. So, you know, there are teams that were struggling to just find one goalie. You know, that's why they got taken, because the Penguins had two goalies. And, yeah, it's it's kind of the timing might not have been great, but at the same time, you can't complain because you already had such a great goalie that you're losing. Yeah, you're losing a great goalie, but the reason you're losing that great goalie is because you have a great goalie. Yeah, I mean, shit happens. That's, that's, that's all I'm really going to say on that. It, I mean, it sucks. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it doesn't suck. Obviously, if you were the Penguins, you would have loved to still have Flurry and Murray. I mean, obviously you would. I mean, actually, well, who knows if they still have Flurry because of the salary cap reasons? Who knows if they even still have would still have both of them if it wasn't for um, the expansion drafts back then? Uh, but when you look at it now, every single—I mean, every single team is going to lose somebody. And it's granted the Penguins are going to probably lose a better player than you know half the teams in the league. And it's going to be an important player, like a goalie. But that's just the way. I mean, that's just just that's how sports work. The timing sucks. The timing's unlucky and unfortunate. But I don't. I, don't, I wouldn't say the NHL is screwing the Penguins. It just happens that this is when they're expanding. It just so happens that this is what's happening. I, I wouldn't say they're screwing the Penguins. Uh, you go back to, I don't remember if it was. I think it was. Was it 2016 when? Flurry got injured, and it was 2015, right, that Murray carried them to the win after Flurry was injured. 
Well, he carried them both years pretty much. I mean, he was Through phenomenal at yeah. both of those playoffs. You think of both of those years where the Penguins won those Stanley Cups because of the ability to have two very good goaltenders, to have a backup that was just as good as the starter. And so hey, everybody, everybody you, forgets Jeff Zadkoff won game one against the That Rangers. is true. Everybody that is forget, true. Don't forget about Jeff Zadkoff. That is, I mean, that even more to my point, you have such, you, the franchise has developed such good depth at that position, and now that depth will be gone after two expansion drafts. It's likely the Penguins lose two great goaltenders to expansion draft. And I agree with you, Logan, that they might still not have Flurry because of cap restrictions anyway, but they still had Jari. They had a backup to a backup that was just as good and ready to be a starter. It, I mean, it really does suck that they're going to lose two who, great who starting knows? goaltenders to this expansion draft. Potentially, but who even we don't knows know. what Jari's potential is? This could have been a one. I mean, he, he was not like he was this top prospect that finally bloomed. This is he a was guy pretty well rated as a prospect. This is still like this is still like he just broke out this year. All right, he's 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 in his mid he's in his mid twenties, so it's not like he broke out when he was really young. I mean, who who knows if Jari is ever going to play like this again? I mean, so granted, are you I saying that they should protect Murray in the draft? Uh, see, that's the tough thing because Murray has a contract extension up, and the Penguins have well documented cap issues. So, and Jari did play better than Murray this year. You know, it's it, it's 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 tough. It's it's really is it's it's a tough decision. I don't. I don't think you can go wrong. I, 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 personally, if they cost the same, I would protect Murray. If they cost the same. But the fact that Murray's going to cost about two, three million more to keep than Jari would when you have to sign Murray to an extension, that's what complicates things because of just how bad the Penguins' cap issues are. You know, they have to pay Jack Johnson $4 million a year for the next, what, five years? So, it's, you know, an ext- another extension is going to be difficult. Spencer, who do you think they protect if they have to out of those two? I still think they're going to protect Murray and... I uh, I don't even know. That's something I don't want to think about till, like uh, August or whenever the, or wait, this is August. Um, whenever the expansion draft is, I don't even know when it is. But I I if I'm if I'm Seattle, I don't know everybody's goaltender situations when it comes to you know across across the NHL. But if I'm Seattle, I'm taking one or the other. I and there's no reason not to. So the expansion draft is going to be in June of 2021. So theoretically, is is there a plan for there to be a season between now and then? Yeah. I've yeah, heard they, nothing they have about a season. the 2021 season. I think it's literally just starting, I think, in December, and that's it, I think. Interesting. I, don't, I mean, we, who knows? We should just probably just – I mean, I don't see a point in playing a season because, you know. No, I don't I either. think they'll – I think – the bubble worked well that they would figure out a way to do a season if you know if they wanted to do a season i think the better question is will we see a season with fans in the stands and for that i think no not before next june i don't think yeah. so yeah definitely not i mean maybe maybe a social distance fans um 
something along that. And th- that brings me to a topic I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Um, the Washington Wild things. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did. Yeah, yes, I did. I had to shut down despite despite not having any cases from going to their games. Despite doing everything wet or everything right, had to shut down <laughs> um, after getting pressure from the government. So, what are your thoughts on that? So. I, the immediate defense was we're doing everything right, but on all the articles that I read and on the replies to their tweet, there were lots of people that said they had gone to games and were refuting that statement that they were doing everything right. What we don't know is what that statement was that came from the yeah. state police. I mean, this was the last weekend of play for them, so it's it was not like a major cut to their season. So you got to wonder, were there lots of comp- – like something – they didn't just walk into the wild things and be like, all right, we're shutting this down. There had to have been people complaining about what was going on there. We're never going to know if, you know, what the truth was. The games are gone now, but I, I mean, it's terrible for them that this happened at the very end. They were just about to successfully pull off this entire summer of baseball there. I don't know what the situation was that led to the government getting involved in the first place. Yeah, I'm not I'm not throwing either the government or the wild things under the bus yet because I don't know the actual situation and I don't know if we'll ever know it, which is kind of unfair to especially the wild things. I mean, obviously you would I think in a today like in a day like today, a lot of people are going to side with the government because they want them to be safe, but there are a lot of people out there that are also saying, "Well, did they do the right thing?" You know, I think that there's more of a voice when it comes to that now. You know, did they actually uh, attribute to these um, restrictions, or do they actually attribute to these guidelines and stuff like that? And I'm not, I'm not sold on blaming the wild things yet. Um, but I think the big thing is, you know, I saw, an, I read an interesting article this morning. It said that Pennsylvania has the second strictest, um, second strictest uh, guidelines in the country. You know, the state with the second strictest, and. You know, it's interesting to think about. Would I, I don't think the wild things would would be canceled if they were in a different state, a lot of different states. You know, I know a lot of states are still having baseball when it comes to like the Midwest, but I don't know what what the wild things did. And you know, there's only you can only have like a thousand people at that stadium anyway. What like what? How how bad did they screw this up? This isn't like they packed people into PNC Park. It's like. I don't know what they did differently that would be a problem, but if there I mean, was I a problem, people, I could understand it. I know people that would go to games, the Wild Things, and from what you know, they have been saying, it seems like they were following it pretty, pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, obviously, there's going to be people violating it. That's it's tough to get every single be person everywhere. to follow the guidelines, but that's literally yeah. That the thing is though, you can't you can't expect every single human being to to pull out their tape measure and have like a cert, uh, a radius of six feet around each other when they're walking, and then like you know every single person to have their mouth closed with the mask on at twenty four seven. You know it's kind of like can you can you yeah. You, there's a difference between people following the guidelines and then every single person adhering to every single guideline. I'll I'll tell you what though. Where I lost respect from the wild things, and I, I don't I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but if you get the chance, go through some of the tweets that they liked on Twitter recently. Because yeah, I, whoever, I see their tweets. It's, it's whoever runs their social liked every single tweet that mentions that. So you have them mentioning, you have them liking tweets that like 
shit on the Black Lives Matter protests. You have them liking tweets with like 10 different kinds of swear words in it. And this is a professional team. It's not you know, good you PR. May, you have those opinions, but you sh- shouldn't be liking them on your official verified account. But at the same time, I, th- I yeah, it's not good PR, but who who cares about the wild things when it comes to stuff like that? Like, I'm not going to, I'm not. Well, nobody, nobody's right going to care Logan. about you when, you, when yeah. you're acting unprofessional. To Logan's point, it's hard True. to take them seriously when True. they're doing That's, stuff yes, like this. Yes, I agree this. with that, too. We, we know that through the Berg Defenders, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't know if I've ever seen the Berg Defenders like a, like a tweet shitting on, on Black Lives Matter or, or, uh, or liking a tweet with 20 different swear words in it. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't I know. Was, I was kind of, I, I was like going through their likes and I was laughing my ass off. And I'm like, yeah, you could, you're probably bitter. You could probably have these opinions, but like, yeah. you should read, you should be careful with what you do on social nowadays. I agree. I agree completely. I think that it happens so quickly for them and in a weird time of the day that the news really didn't get the coverage in the Pittsburgh area that it could have maybe at another time. But I, I think it's one of those things we're just never going to know. We're never going to know how many people were complaining or what the situation was that led to. I've never heard of this from anywhere else. I mean, there's been a couple bars in the news that get warned that they're going to be shut down, but I have not the wild things of all people are the only ones I've heard of actually being shut down by the state yeah. for supposedly not following guidelines. So it seems like a drastic measure and we're just not going to know what the cause of that was. Do you want to re- go ahead, Logan? I was going to say, I'm um, just to end the topic. I, I don't really understand why they won't just try and continue without fans. I was wondering the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I know it's an independent baseball team, so it's not like they make that much money, but how much money are they really making off of 250 people every night? It can't be that, can't be that much more, you know? But, I mean, who's going to watch? Like, I think there's a difference between like playing baseball because you want to play baseball and playing baseball to show the fans. Do you think people are going to go on a live stream and watch it, or do you think people are going to say, oh, there's a baseball game, let's go watch that? I think they would. I think they would, at least in Washington. I worked. I worked in Washington last year, man. They 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 are crazy about the wild things. You would you would be you would be surprised. I worked I worked there last year. They really like the wild things. One of the I I thought we transition this topic into throughout the rundown and go down to high school sports, which is a similar topic. Oh boy! You have the wild things be threatened with state enforcement, and then immediately cancel their season. On the flip side, we've got the PIAA being told by the Wolf administration, we should not have high school sports until next spring. We can revisit this in January. They are very hesitant to go along with that and and sent a letter yesterday suggesting that they are not going to go along with that regardless of their the administration's involvement. They asked for new guidance. My first question before we get into this more deeply is why did it take so long? I mean, the PIAA season is now delayed two weeks. It should be already underway. And we're just now seeing the first public letter from the PIAA asking the government for help with this guidance. Why was this not decided in June? Well, because all at every level, there's, you know, a very, it's not like it's not like you know America has the best leadership anywhere across the board right now. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. But um, 
I think I'll just answer my own question for a second and say, I don't know why people thought in May and June that this was going to be any different in August than it was then or than it was in April and May. So my question, though, real quick with that, with that is what what do people think it's going to be different? When when do people like I? How I think the expectation, right or wrongly, is when there's a vaccine. Yeah, but, when they when they not just when there's a vaccine, but when they can roll it out. Because at that point, you have the option to protect yourself, which you do not have at this point. It's just, it's just crazy. I don't know. I don't. I don't agree with that. But that's here, just my thing with the PIAA, and we talked about this in agreement last week, Spencer. If they had done a their own private, very stringent plan and had laid everything out and then said, this is what we're going with, I think things would have went a lot differently. But for the most part, other than them saying we're not going to allow fans, blanket statement, which caused a lot of uproar from parents saying, try to stop me from watching my kids at a high school sporting event. If they had planned better and if they had said, this is what we're going to do and we're going to let the local schools decide if they want to follow it or not, things may have been different or gone differently. Now they're in a standoff because they really did not plan well. They just said, we're going with it as usual. And nothing had really changed from spring sports. So what I said last week to Spencer was, this to me smells like we're just prioritizing football. And no one really cared about spring sports getting canceled. No one is really talking about the other fall sports. It's just the PIAA focused, laser focused on making sure that high school football happens without doing any of the legwork to figure out how that can happen. Well, I mean, college is doing the same thing. It's because football is, football is the moneymaker. You know, even yeah. for high school, football still brings in money for those schools. Now, I think, I, I kind of want to talk about the parents in this. You know, as, as a high school athlete, um, I hated a lot of the parents that came to the games. Is that Plum Soccer's finest? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was a, I was a JV for four years, so I couldn't say finest, but <laughs> <laughs> but I I hated I hated parents that like I mean, don't get me wrong, I love my dad for coming to the games. I mean, he was fine, but there are so many parents that try and coach from the stands that are just obnoxious with their kids, that just make it so that just make that just ruin high school sports in a lot of ways. So. A high school sport without fans sounds phenomenal. It sounds amazing. That sounds actually amazing. I never and thought about that. That's it opens up opportunities. You know, maybe you can give some for the bigger schools that have TV departments. You can give their kids some practice streaming and calling games. You know, I mean, Whippy Whippy already has a good relationship with. Um, for example, well, the Whippy does. I don't know how the rest of the PIAA is, but. Whippy has a good relationship with Trib Live, so you can just um, you can still broadcast games. So it's not like parents won't be able to watch it. You know, it'll be a lot different from watching it live. And I'm sure a lot of parents don't know what Trib Live is, but they'll find out. I mean, I I I I think a lot of, there's there's probably a lot of kids that would be happy that their parents aren't there. I, I don't know one because of, one they're of the probably most... sick and tired of it. One of the most boring matches I've ever played in as I flaunt my high school athletic abilities was uh, we went to Moon, and Moon is, if you don't know, Moon Volleyball is horrendous. Uh, they're atrocious. No offense to them, but they're atrocious. And um, 
I think I counted about 16 people in attendance. And we swept them really easily, like 3-0. And I was like, this is boring. And I think probably the best match I ever went to was Canon Mac, where Canon Mac, we went to their game, and they, they brought their student section and parents and stuff like that, and we beat them at their own place. And that was a lot more interesting than not having fans. So I don't know if I necessarily agree with that opinion. I know like, I know that there are bad fans, like there are bad fans in everything, but I still think the idea of... I don't think kids really want to play without people like watching because you know it, it it does have a better a livelier atmosphere and more excitement just pump in fake crowd noise yeah could you imagine the in moon tigers football stadium pumping in fake crowd noise? <laughs> but i mean we we talked about it though logan or dakota kicking it down the road and they said two weeks and then we'll look back at it and it's I'm, oh god i'm so tired of it I, I, here's the thing and i i texted you guys this it is power five conferences are canceling and there's uncertainty about fans at nfl games the fact that the thing dominating our local sports coverage right now is whether or not high school sports are going to play just seems insane to me that I, I, like colleges I are delaying their seasons, and, and we're figuring out whether or not high school is going to be able to do the same here's, thing safely at their Here's my level. opinion, though. Here's my opinion, though. There is a lot more people affected by high school sports than there is college sports because there are a lot more high school teams. There are a lot more high school – there are a lot more kids and parents and people who are affected by that than, you know, let's say Pitt canceled their season. Yeah, there's a lot of people that would be disappointed they can't watch Pitt, but there's no one that necessarily directly involved in Pitt as much as there are high school sports. It's it's different because, you know, college college athletics and professional sports have turned in more into big money makers. That's their primary goal now is just to make money. You know, high school sports is still to develop a human being, to develop someone. You know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of great things. You know, like... Like, I cared more, for example, I cared more about my high school graduation than I did about my college graduation. You know, even though college is more significant, you know, because I'm going out in the real world, but high school is kind of like a rite of passage. My senior day for high school was is more important to me than, you know, I, I didn't play in college. For the for majority of the kids, not just a small majority, like 90% of the kids across America that play high school sports, their last, they'll be their last ever athletic event, you know, yeah. as a whole, well, at least official one, you know, this year. And to not have that chance would suck. And then plus, you know, I think personally, I think if we get into just how important athletics are in developing someone, I mean, I wouldn't be the person I was today if I didn't play sports growing up. You know, and I wasn't that very, I wasn't that good. I mean, I think I was better than, you know, a lot of other people probably think of me, but I wasn't that good, obviously. Um, so there's a lot of athletes that are really good that, you know, have developed and have used sports for develop, getting routines and everything like that. And now they don't get to put a cap on the season. I think it's, I think for that reason, just, just how much, how important it is to somebody's development to an athlete's development, to a person's development, um, at this age, you know, it's, it's, 
it's it it's it can hurt somebody. It can really hurt a lot of people in terms of just canceling it like that. And I would rather, personally, I would rather them try and figure out a way to play um, safely and do everything they can to play as opposed to just postponing it to the spring. Yeah, we talked about this last week too, that postponing it to a spring to the spring is a joke. There's no difference. Yeah. In fact, it's likely to be worse in January than it is now. So, Well, you... You screw over a lot of two-sport athletes. Yeah. I, it would be you know. impossible to plan. I, there's some states that are, have already planned this out, and they're doing abbreviated seasons, like starting in December. They'll do fall sports for two months, and then winter for two months, and then spring for two months. There's a way to do it, but, yeah, I mean, there's no way to do it. Ideally, we're for multiple sport athletes that are going to be able to, to pull it off concurrent seasons. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at like the the wide receivers that also run track and field. They're going to be absolutely exhausted, you know. And a lot of them, you know. And then, and then again, another important thing. I mean, another thing to consider is, you know, for a lot of athletes, this is their last chance to get a scholarship to go somewhere. Yeah, I said that. Or last improve week too. upon an offer. You know, we're we're talking about. We're talking about sixty to a hundred grand that they could be saving by having a great season. And if they don't get that opportunity, then they're they're losing out on the, you know, they're losing out on an edge on a free education, which in today is is you know priceless. Yeah, it, it's it's a complete mess because of half the world is moving forward, half is not. You've got the PIAA statement that I agree with yeah. that if we don't play this fall, there's going to be unsanctioned activities taking place anyway that are not under guidelines. Yes, I, I agree. 100%. With, I think that happens. I don't know that that's a, a defense for them to say, you know, we really didn't come up with a, that well thought of, of a plan and now we're delaying the season. And so that's why we should be allowed to move forward. I don't know if that's the best excuse for them to use, but... I mean, this is a mess. You, you've already delayed two weeks. They still think they're going on. They're going to be modifying the schedule once again. But they're pretty dug in that they're not going to delay. They're not going to just outright cancel either. So I think it moves forward, and we'll see what Real happens. Quick, do you? I'm going to say two questions, and like a yes and no. Do you think that high school sports should happen, and do you think that high school sports will happen in the fall? I think will, Yes. Should to me, I, I don't know. I am, I am right on the fence because logically there is nothing different today than there was in the spring when spring sports was canceled, and talking to I, high I school athletes. That, a bit. that real quick, I, but I, I do just go on. Okay, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm exactly fifty-fifty on this because. The, the stuff they're doing is is fake. I mean, the football plan of, like, we're going to wear masks on the sideline and then take them off to go on the field, I mean, come on. It does nothing. So they, they, need, they need to embrace and acknowledge that, yes, there is an inherent risk here. There's nothing we can do to stop it, and we're going to go on as scheduled, or we're just going to postpone. That's how I think this should be viewed instead of this middle ground where we're going to act like we're doing it with no risk of transmission. That's just a lie to everybody involved. I think it will happen. It will happen. Should they happen? I personally think they should. But 
I'm not going to lose, you know, my cool about it like a lot of other people are if it doesn't. You know, because I can understand why they would postpone it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it should happen. I, 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 think, I think it will happen. Um, because if they didn't happen, I think it would have, I think they would have canceled like when the governor said you shouldn't have it if they I were agree so with that. if they were if they were you know very hesitant if they were on the fence at it at all they would said okay this guy tells us we're not gonna you know if the highest person in our state which that's a whole different factor about the fact that that man is the one who basically is the one throwing everybody in a loop right now no one no one talked about it before he said anything people were like talking about it but no one was actually talking about it and then you know, this, I, I think that if they were on the fence and then the Governor Wolf said that, they would have canceled. And I think that that definitely plays more of a part than anything else. But I, there's so much more than just the fact that it's, you know, kids are kicking a ball around when it comes to, you know, sports and high, our high school sports. But I, I do think that there is a little bit different compared to March. I, I think that. I, I don't know. I mean, I just look around at people today and I see more people, you know, I, I, I kind of joke about, I've said this last week, I joke about like my, my life and what, what I've seen from March. When I went to, when I went to work in March, the, you know, the roads were empty. People weren't coming into the stores, stuff like that. Now it looks pretty much like everybody's driving around oh, like normal. I, I totally agree with you on that, Spencer, that we as a society have changed a lot since March, but I'm saying the state of the virus has not changed at all. So if, if we were making we decisions, as a society have understood that the virus hasn't changed, and that's why we're, for lack of a better term, moving forward. I I kind of see it. That is the reason as to why people are going out because they look at the virus and they see what the virus does and what it can do and what it has done to people and what you know, the inherent risk that they have in their daily lives. If people think that there is an extreme inherent risk, they're not going to go to the store. If people think that there is an extreme inherent risk, they're not going to send their kids to play football. But there's so much backlash. I don't, I mean, again, it maybe it's a loud minority when I see it on social media, like the tweets and replies to everything. But it just seems like a lot of people, like, again, going back to the hashtag, let, let them play. You know, people are putting this out. It was the number one trending thing on Twitter a couple of days ago. I, I think that there are a lot of people that are saying, let me take that risk. Let, you know, I, I have a little more value than I, I'm not, I'm not the same as in March when people shut down because they were afraid of the virus. Now people are arguing that we shouldn't shut down because we know what the virus is. There's, there's a couple things that I kind of want to talk about in regards to the virus that aren't entirely related to sports. Yeah. Somewhat related to sports, um, but I, I, Spencer, I, I personally think that the. I, I mean, I agree that society is different, but I don't think the let them play is people better understanding the virus and taking a risk of the virus. I think it's more of people being sick and tired of all the shit that's going on. You know, I, for me personally. For example, I cared a lot more about following the protocols back in March than I did now. Yeah, I mean, I, I still do. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't, but you know, I work at a when I, when I work yeah, out like, in retail, the AC's broken at the store I work. 
So wearing a mask for six to eight hours, yeah, no, it I, does I know actually exactly get hard to breathe at certain points. So I have to take it off at certain points. I mean, granted, I don't take it off unless, you know, if there's a customer near. Like, I obviously stay away from other people when I do take it off. I yeah. try and do my best social distancing. But, you know, there's a, there are other people that, you know, get frustrated more with how shit has happened that are just sick and tired of it, just don't care anymore. But I think the question is, why are people sick and tired of it? And why don't they care anymore? Because It's the time. I mean, it's been, it's been almost six months. That's yeah, how I exactly. view it. Is. And it's, it's incredibly frustrating on all sides. I totally get it. I, I completely understand why the parents and the students are using the let them play and that we want to take this risk. But the way I also have to view it, and I have to feel for all the businesses that have closed, those people wanted to let them work. All the people that have lost their jobs, they want to work. All the people that have lost their jobs and now don't have food to eat. Let, you know, like The fact that as a student, you want to say, I want to make the decision to take the risk and play. So many other people did not have that option to say, I want to take that risk. And they were just shut down and their lives Ooh. were messed up. And so it, it's Why very should we tough punish for me. Everybody, though. Why should we punish everybody for the decisions the, like that, though? I the the reason I think so is at the end of the day, it totally sucks. I agree. Sports very important to the development in high school it means so much to so many people. It's going to mess up the scholarships. But at the same time, logically, data wise for the virus, nothing has changed. And so if you're going to tell the spring sports athletes without they didn't get a decision, they didn't get to make, have a campaign like this to let them play. So why should they just be shut down? And then when nothing changes other than we as society change See, how we're dealing with it, I, do we get this whole fight over it? And that's why I'm 50 50 on it. I mean, it's it's completely it, unfair in either way that this works out. And so it depends how you view nothing has changed because yeah. Yes, yes, the virus is still... I mean, it's... The thing about the virus is it's not deadly, but it is probably the most contagious virus we have ever seen. Like, there's nothing that is... It seems like the moment you... It seems like if you just stand next to somebody that has this virus, you're probably going to get it. Like, it's just absolutely crazy how contagious this virus is. Um, but the, some of the stuff that has changed... It's very easy to get hand sanitizer. It's very easy to get masks. It's very easy to get all this stuff that if you go back to March, April, and May, you know, you had to fight your way to the store when they just got a truck in to get this stuff. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a lot easier to get the stuff that can help keep you healthy, that help, help keep you out of the public than, you know, it was way back then. So... That has definitely changed, and I think that's a big factor as to why you can play now as you could it back then because you couldn't play back then. You couldn't test, you know, when you look at colleges, colleges couldn't test every single athlete back then. You know, athletes couldn't, not every athlete could get access to a mask back then or hand sanitizer back then. Now it's extremely easy to find both, and it's also not too difficult to get tested. Yeah, we, we adapted. So it's, it's, that, that has certainly changed, and I think that's a big reason as to why things should start to open up more. There's a difference between adapting to the situation and, you know, pushing and just kind of repulsing the situation. I think that, like, the continuous cancellation of everything just to be safe is more of a repulsing the situation, or repressing it, I should say, 
and I think adapting to it is more the hindrance. I'll go back to the MLB. I think the MLB. I think the all players should be wearing masks when they're in their law or when they're in their dugout, stuff like that. And they haven't done. Some of them haven't done that. And I think that that would be the difference. I think that you can you you can have a season. I think I think that there are a lot of high schools that will be able to have a season, no problem. I think a large majority of them, to be honest. But they have to understand that they have to take those protocols. They have to do the things that they need to adapt to where we're at now in order to do that. And I do think it's possible. Yeah, I, I agree that the sports can take place. And one of the downsides of this debate right now that is with football wrapped into this overall discussion of fall sports, you easily could do sports like tennis, yes. social distance. And the fact that this has kind of all just gotten wrapped up, and this is definitely to fault the state and the health administration for wrapping up tennis with football. I mean, that's two totally different things that one could happen safely, is, one is maybe up, not so much. Is that up to the state and health, or is that up to the, you know, I mean, it's the, an absolute the media joke in that general you can... for how they covered it, it it's an absolute joke to be honest that if you're if you're 17 years old you can go play golf tomorrow at any course that you want but That's you a good can't point. do it for an organize you can't do it for your high school golf is another one it definitely could be done safely and i think to me this goes back to blaming the piaa for not thinking this through enough maybe they should have come out with a plan that was low contact sports that are already distanced we're moving forward there's no one that can really stop us i mean there's no guideline we're violating but we're going to take some time to think more but about Dakota, your it, whole art but your whole argument for why they should postpone was because all these athletes in spring got it canceled so how is it fair that these ones get to play whenever it's changed so by using that logic how is it fair that football athletes have their season canceled but all these other athletes get to play. I, I'm not fully advocating for canceling it. I think that there should have been more time to think this through. And now we're lining up with these sports will be starting at the same time that school is resuming. And there's a lot of school districts that are saying it's not safe for kids to come back to the classroom. So I don't see how in that situation it's acceptable to gather 100 kids on a football field. I mean, like, I'm not using your direct quotes, but you're, you said direct quote. I hate sports and we should cancel them forever. Like, I'm just saying, you know, I'm not using your direct quotes, but on a scale of like one to 10, when you walk outside and, or you walk to the store, what's, what's your concern about you contracting the virus? Like, let's just kind of get like a one to 10. It's not, for me personally, it's very low. It's a one or two. We're in a very low risk age group. For me, it's being able to see older members of my family to be able to, people that are still working that I'm not going to cause them to not be able to go into work. That's my concern. And that's what, that's my thinking pushing this towards high school sports. You're reopening a school. It's going to be yeah. very tough to keep these schools open once they reopen in the fall. And so by allowing kids to go and play sports further complicates that. Is it a bad thing? No, because there's this age group is at such a low risk but the way I'm thinking of high school sports in this whole discussion has not been about the athletes because there's really no risk for them. It's all my time of helping out at high school sports at West Allegheny. There are some very old people that are helping out as public address announcers in this concession stands, parking attendants, play-by-play, -play, helping with the broadcasts and other yeah, capacities. You don't need half of those people if you say no fans. 
agree, but I'm not in favor. If there's sports, I don't think you can say there's no fans. That a whole and other my, my, issue my of other this concerns. is you have you have kids that are under 18 playing sports. So the problem with no fans, Logan, and why I think that's another way the PIAA didn't think this through. If a kid gets injured, you kind of need a parent there to help consent to the treatment for injury. And that to, for the PIAA to just blanket statement, no fans, no family members allowed at the games was not a well thought through policy. And no, that's I why I think they botched the entire process. I think though, my concern though, is that is, and I know this is, this is kind of sad in a sense, but how many of those people that you would you would argue at are at are a higher risk? And when I say higher, I'm not saying you get it, you're dead, because that's not true with anybody. I I just want to say correct, that. Correct. Correct. Yeah. But how many of those people are going to say, you know, I've been going to the store, I've been going to people, I've been seeing people. If I go to, if I'm working this high school game, it's my choice to work this high school game, versus. Guys, I'm concerned about this, but they're saying, no, we have, we're playing high school sports and we need you, so get out here. Because I think that there is a little bit of a difference. You know, the idea that these people that they're going, they understand, everybody, I think everybody can, we all agree. We all, shut up, Romeo. We all understand the inherent risks of walking outside in, in a time since March. Every single person, whether, you, whatever, depending on what your age is, your, you know, your, factors that it play into your health and i think that a lot of these people do do you think that they understand that and if they want to take that risk you know it's sad to say like yeah if they want to take that risk they can but at the same time don't isn't there that you kind of do that with literally everything it's, in your it's life it's different i think it's different though I, I don't think that's the same thing in football for example you can't wear a mask when you play and you're not going to be staying six feet from people and you're not taking the risk for yourself. You're taking the risk for, like Dakota said, you're taking the risk for the people around you. You're t you're you're taking the you're 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 making the decision for other people, because while it may be safe for you to go out and play, you know, like Dakota said, there are people that will have to take weeks off weeks off of work if you get it. Not even if they're positive. If you get it, they're taking weeks off of work. If you get it, you know you can pass it to a grandparent who could pass away, who has a risk of dying from it or being hospitalized. You know, it's so it's not like you're just taking this risk for you. You're you're taking this risk for everyone else. I, I think, and then football. Like when we go to the store, we can stay six. Like for example, we can stay six feet and we keep a mask on when we're near people and we have plastic dividers up and there's hand sanitizer at every every two feet you know but when you're playing football you have to run up and tackle somebody you know you're you, you're there's there's a line with five people there trying to block four people going right up against each other you know trying to hit two guys behind that you huddle up the huddle is already breaking the six feet protocol. And, and that's my and point that's on that. Even, that's Logan. not even what would we'll probably get somebody sick. It's so, we shouldn't. The PIAA is trying to push this message and the, the sports teams that are pushing this, that we can do this safely. And I think that's the wrong message to send. You are not possibly going to be able to contain it on a football field. So it should be an all in embrace that we're, we're acknowledging this risk, but we're okay with that. These kids are at a lower risk. And I think that's fine. But to me, 
what my problem with this whole debate has been the PIAA and the local school boards and sports teams saying we can do it safely, and that is just a disingenuous lie to everyone involved. There should be instead an, an acknowledgement that this is risky. We think it's worth it. We think the, the cons of students' mental health, of their grades dropping because they don't have a target to meet for athletics, that there are more pr- cons against canceling sports than the risk associated with it. And that's why I think from the beginning, this has just been a botched plan from the PIAA and the state to, in terms of the messaging of this. And that's why I'm on the fence. I, I don't know what the right answer is. And that's why I wish someone like the PIAA or the state had made a guidance that this is what we're going to do. Instead, you had the governor say, this is our recommendation. You don't have to follow it. And you have the PIAA kind of with a half-assed plan. And so now the decision falls to local schools to make the decision, and that's why this is a debate and you're having communities marching and protesting these decisions. I wish there had been one person at the top to make this decision for everyone, and then this debate didn't happen. But that, that's not a great decision either. I mean, if you just cancel all fall sports, yeah. like we said, tennis, golf easily could have happened. So there's no good answer in, in any of this. By the same token, it's kind of crazy that one person would be able to control you know, the, I agree. The outcomes of thousands of people. I agree. I just, I like feel that. bad for the, the school boards, the superintendents that are going to have to make these decisions when that was never part of their job description of deciding whether or not sports be played in a pandemic because someone above them, whether it be the Whippeal or above them, the PIAA or above them, the governor couldn't make a clear decision with clear guidance. I will say this though, real quick, sports have been played in pandemics before, which is kind of funny to think about. Yeah. 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 I kind of, I, I, I kind of hate, I hate using the term like we're playing in a pandemic, but like we, you know, us as, you know, 22, 23 year olds, we've lived through, I think it's like five pandemics or something like that. It's, you know, we had, I mean, most of them didn't affect us, but like, you know, people go back to the, the swine flu one, like that was a pandemic. Yeah. And it's just the, the, but, the uh, again, effects of the virus to, that's different. Yeah. Again, it's, it gets to, there's never been a virus that has been this contagious before. There's been viruses that are deadlier. Yeah. You know, the swine flu, I, the swine flu was deadlier. The swine flu killed COVID more people was, our age. COVID is 10 times more contagious than the swine flu. Yeah, it's a good point. Swine flu affected our age. Uh, what's I mean, the I, word I, for like it? I said, more I knew, I knew more group. people that got the swine flu, you know, than I did to this, to this day. That still, I don't know anybody that's gotten the coronavirus. Yeah, when it comes to you, that, especially at my, least in our age. Some, but my counter to that is how, how, like, maybe you don't know those people, know anybody that got COVID because of all this stuff that we've gone through because of the lockdown, because of the six feet, because of the mask. I, I agree. I agree to an extent. However, I'm only taking my personal viewpoint on the fact that I necessarily, like my, the people that I work with, the people that I've seen, you know, I, they haven't necessarily locked down. But there is the idea that, you know, people, there are less people out and they're spreading. I still don't think there are less people out in July and August than there was, or I should say, I still don't think that there are less people out in July and August than in a normal July and August. Here's, here's how you should look at COVID to, 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 just, to just see how easily it could have affected us if we didn't go through this. Look at, look at how many cases can be linked to one person. You know, there is, there is a, you know, look at the MLB example, is a good example of that. 
the MLB is a great example. Look at the Miami. Look at the Miami Marlins. They went out to one club one night, and ninety percent of their team got it. That's that's how it could have been across the entire country, if a lot of this stuff wasn't put in place. So, you know, yeah, you don't yeah. know as many people that were affected by COVID, but if we didn't shut down, if we didn't put these strict guidelines in if we didn't wear masks if we didn't do all this stuff you probably would have known a lot of people that were affected by it i think the other it's 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 not it's not fair to compare the two in terms of numbers because we didn't go through all this quarantine stuff back then you know if if the quarantine stuff is working if all this stuff is working we're all going to say it's pointless because it'll make the virus look like it's not as right. It's it's impossible to... as it actually is. But all that really means is that it's working. Because if you look at how many cases can be linked to one person or one place, you can see that it's extremely easy. Unlike any other disease, it is extremely easy to spread from one person to another. I I do believe, and I I will I will say this though real quick. I. If I got tested tomorrow and they found me either positive with antibodies or positive with the virus, I would not be surprised. And I think that that kind of holds a lot more weight than you would think because I like I've I've been you know, I've been out and I've been working. Unfortunately, you know, in a sense that I'm an essential worker. Hashtag essential. <laughs> but and it kind of it's weird to think about like. There are millions of people out there that have gotten this virus that have no idea. And I think that you look at the MLB and you look at that Miami Marlins situation, if they were doing that on a normal Tuesday night, if they weren't playing sports, how many of them would even know that they had the virus? Because I'm going to assume it would be very low. I'm going to assume it would be, you know, I don't know how many of them had symptoms. Yeah, I don't know the well, Miami situation, that... but did you read about St. Louis? The Cardinals were symptomatic. They had many players going to the emergency room with their symptoms. So there's no way to know. There's just no way to know what the impact is going to be. Speaking of, of that, though, to, to try to transition into the next topic, Pirates had their series against the Cardinals canceled. Um, so my question is, my basic question is, what is the point of the taxi squad? Yes, if you're not going to actually use it whenever these COVID cases happen, why would you put that in place if you're not going to use it? How many games have the Cardinals been They've canceled? played, what, five? I think they've played five, <laughs> five total. Five. How many have been canceled? So, yeah, like, when they, when they said the taxi squad, it was, okay, if you have injuries, and they specifically said if there are positive tests, you can bring someone in, test them, and then go and go from there. And I think that they're, that's such, I feel like, the MLB really botched that in the sense that what's the point of the taxi squad if you do not like I'm getting tired of the Cardinals canceling every single series, you know, every single game. I know Miami finally came back, but I'm getting tired of the Cardinals canceling everything because, you know, the, the virus, for lack of a better term, raged through their their team. But they have, you know, how many, 20, 25 guys on their taxi squad that are just sitting there doing nothing. And it's 60, like, what's the point of being 40, the taxi 40, squad? 40 people total. Yeah, 40, yeah. That's well, a great point. I never even thought about or this. Or their but... player pool. 40 on their player pool, 3 on the taxi squad. But there's 40 yeah. in their player pool that aren't, that and aren't on the major league team. If, if we're testing the Cardinals now, and let's say the guys that are still negative are sitting there, 
I don't know how long a test for the MLB takes, but I assume I'm going to say at the at the most it takes five days, right? I would I would I would gamble and say I think I'm going to say even less. Same day, yeah. Probably probably three. So why aren't you testing these taxi squad guys? They're negative. You test the Cardinals, the rest of the Cardinals that are negative, and you go from there. I don't understand. I, that's a really good point that I, I don't never even thought that. about. But yeah, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, the Cardinals did not follow the recommend the, the recommended policies, and that yeah. is why they're in this mess. So punish them by bringing up single A guys from the taxi yeah. squad and keep replenishing the taxi squad with lower and lower quality of talent. Yeah, because your guys you did from this Memphis to should be giving up seven home runs, and you, you know what? Well, don't get the coronavirus in your on your team, and then stop complaining. Don't go to a casino. Don't go yeah. out to it. Yep. Don't go to a strip club in Atlanta. I mean, if you, if you avoided these things, then <laughs> yeah, I, and it's I just think crazy that, you, that this is you this is what happened. The and you wouldn't see the player pool be called in. And I don't see I, I don't see anybody arguing for this or arguing for it. But I will say this: if they're if the argument if they have an argument, would be like, well, any any Joe Schmo can do that. Well, you're you're put at a higher pedestal because you're making millions of dollars, and you're being tested constantly. So you're put at that higher pet. You you, it's yes, it sucks that you have to just basically play baseball and that's it. But you're getting paid a lot of money to do that, and in the sense of, you should that should be your priority, and you can't. It's people aren't making millions of dollars to to go out and you know spend their money leisurely for a year. You that's too bad for you. You have to stay. You have to be more aware of your situation compared no, to the I, average I agree. person. I agree. I mean, I'm all for athletes, you know, doing whatever they want off the field. Yeah. But right now, you know, when you look at people that have lost their jobs, you know, these, you know, some of the these athletes, and I don't want to criticize all of them because most no. of them, a, a large majority of them have been following the guidelines, you know, and haven't gotten sick. Um, especially in the NHL and the NBA, they've done a very good job of staying on top of it with their athletes. But you know, the for the ones that don't, for the for the for the Marlins and the Cardinals of the world, um, you're making millions of dollars. There are people that have lost their jobs. The most that you have to sacrifice is to not go out and party. And if you can't do that, you have the option to opt out as well. If you want to if you want to go out and not be stressed and, and live your life, you can opt out. Yeah, you know, it, and you are not going to be as financially affected as Joe Schmo. It's it's it it is it is like the thing you'd want them to just give up a life outside, and they see it as well. We're giving up a life for other people's entertainment, you know, and that is what their job is. It, their job is for our entertainment, but they should view it as we're giving up going to bars and giving up partying and having fun and enjoying ourselves outside of the hotel room so that we can make our paycheck and we can support our families and that we can because we have a we have a blessing in the fact that we can still make millions of dollars during a time where most people are unemployed or not unemployed but you know have a job at risk it's it's it is it is it is ridiculous you know to to, to and, and it's not like it's for the, they're asking them to do it for that long the baseball season's what two months it's gonna be two months long so so you just need two months just don't go out just stay in your hotel room go to work 
And then when the two months are done, go to as many strip clubs in Atlanta as you want. You know, go, 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 go blow a bunch of ones down, <laughs> down in Atlanta if you want. Do whatever you want. And after the end of those two months are done, because you're not going to because because you're not going to have to work again until the spring. But for two months, you just got to follow it. And you, you have a gift to make millions. Even, you know, if you're not one of the athletes that make millions, you're still making hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, you're blessed in the fact that you get to be able to, you, you have the ability to get tested every day. You know, you, you, you have all these advantages for you right now as that most people do not get or do not have because they're not as important as you are to the public that all they're asking you to do is just follow these guidelines and just not go out for two months. You know, so I think it is selfish to go if, if you're an athlete and you're going out and you're partying. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's absurd. And I think if your team does it, you should be punished by having to bring up your player pool because that's the whole point of it. You know, if you got it because you weren't following the guidelines, I mean, what's the point of having the guidelines if you're not going to punish the people that don't follow it? It doesn't make doesn't make any sense. Why would I why would I follow something that you're not going to enforce? Why would I follow a rule that's not going to that's not going to backfire me if I don't follow it? You know, if 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 my job says if if if, if Walgreens tells me you can't go out to restaurants anymore. And but Walgreens doesn't ha- but well, but I do go out to a restaurant and Walgreens doesn't say anything but wag their fingers at me. I'm not going to stop going to restaurants. If Walgreens looked at me and go, you can't go to restaurants anymore. We're going to give more hours to somebody else. Then I'll probably stop going to restaurants. Yeah, there was not enough of a, of a blowback from major league baseball to these teams that broke the protocol. I agree. Not all. I don't think MLB really expected how many people were going to break the protocol. I think MLB expected everybody to, to walk single file line Single file, single file, you know, like good little boys, and just just do their job and, and move on. I don't think MLB actually took into account just how stressful a season is during right now, and that these players would want to go out and have fun. I don't think the I, MLB took into account that. I hear, uh, I hear, outrage that the Cardinals and even in the Marlins' time, they should have shut their team down for the year. I don't agree with that. I don't think that they should have done that. I just think that you know, like you said, why do we have this taxi squad and this roster of players who are sitting there saying, you know, if we need you, we'll come up and get you when this would be the time where they would need them more than anything else. To kind of transition to our next topic, do you think that the failure of the Cardinals and Marlins and that is being viewed as the failure of MLB broadly to pull this successful season off without canceling games has played into the decision by college conferences to cancel their fall sports seasons? I I did anybody expect every single game to be played in the MLB? Because I didn't. I'm just going to be honest with you. Even from the beginning, I did not expect every single game to be. I'd played. be curious to go back to our time capsule. I don't know. I think we we asked about cases. I don't know that I ever thought in my head that there would be whole series postponed because of I, outbreaks among teams. I but did it proves the, the that, that the bubble strategy that the NHL and NBA did was really the only way to successfully pull off their season. No, the MLB strategy would work if you actually use the MLB strategy, which is yeah. to call up the player pool guys when somebody gets COVID. I, I their think strat- that... that was their strategy. But once 
the Marlins, the whole team got COVID, they're like, oh shit, now this organization is going to have to replace a whole team. We didn't expect it to be like this, so we're just going to cancel the games. Even though what the Marlins should have done was it's called up, up an entire players. team. I agree. Called up 27 players, new coaches, should have called them all up because those coaches went out to a strip club. But to that That's point, for colleges looking at this and conferences looking at this to make the decision, they cannot possibly expect college athletes are going to follow any sort of protocol like that. No, right? we talked about that two weeks ago where yeah. you're not going to tell – you're not going to tell college kids that they can't go to bars. You're not going to tell college kids that they can't have sex. You're not going to tell college kids that they can't party. You're you not can tell, tell them, but they're not going to listen. Yeah, you can tell them, but they're not going to listen. They're just not going to listen. So, um, because, you know, the college kids, I don't blame them. It's, you know, I'm a college kid. Well, we're all recent college grads, so we know what it's like. But... It, it's it, so I, I think yeah that probably could have played in a factor I mean they were probably keeping an eye on every single league going on they were keeping an eye on everything on every single sport going on just to see how it was um, it's it is crazy though because you know I mean if we're being honest I don't think any of those any of the presidents or athletic directors really care about every single kid that puts on a uniform for their school. What they care more about is a kid getting really sick and then having the bad press attack yeah. them for why did you play? Yeah, 100%. That's what they it's... actually care about is they don't want any negative because that would be a horrible, horrible PR nightmare if something like that were to happen. Especially if you're being as stubborn as the SEC is in – just going forward with football because you know everybody already views it as a cult so now they're going forward with football so if a bunch of kids get it and end up in the hospital it's going to look horrible so that's why colleges are postponing it that being said i mean it's 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 tough because you have to also weigh you know how much money you're going to lose how much you know for 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 a school like Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, these schools make hundreds of millions of dollars off their athletic department. You know, and ninety percent of that's probably football alone. So not having football, even if you know you were able to play football without fans, but not having football at all is a huge blow to your school's budget. I mean, we just looked, somebody tweeted out the other day because the Mountain West postponed their game, so RMU lost their game against Hawaii. RMU was going to make $200,000 if in that Hawaii game. So Robert Morris lost $200,000 just like that. You know, so it's, it's a big, it's just financially, it just hurts so much for a school that it is weird to just see what's worse. The risk of the negative press, because you're going to, because a kid could get sick, or the risk of a negative press, or the negative financial budget, when you're going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars. It's it's a tough yeah it's tough. I want to backtrack it's a lose, one lose second. Situation. There's no right answer. Either way, every, you're ta- yeah. either way you're taking a big risk. Either way you're going to have bad press on you. It, it's it's going to hurt. Either way. If there's you look at no, everything, there's no positive way to go. 
if you looked at everything from a health perspective, you would not have you would not have sports. If you looked at everything from a sports perspective, you would throw health out the window, and that would obviously have negative effects too. It's hard to you have to. There's a fine line between the two, and you have to balance both. But right, and obviously in a time like now, compared to last year, people forget there was health effects of of football every year. You know, it, people act people are like forgetting that CTE was a thing, and then you know players would become very injured. But they they took that risk, and the idea is that well they would get better, and they would they would have more of a it was more people didn't look at the health conscious effects. Now in 2020, we're looking more at the health conscious effects. And we think about more of that than the idea of people being the, the idea of, you know, being able to play. That's, and that's a that, well said point, Spencer. It goes back to what I was saying with high school sports of framing this and we're going to do this safely. Yeah. Just like you said, if you play football, you acknowledge you're at risk for concussion, CTE, other health effects and injuries. I think if this was being framed as sure, we'll have high school sports, but you're signing away any possibility of getting mad or suing the school district or the PIAA or the state for not protecting the kids. That's the way you should be going about this because you're not going to protect them. No, if you're going to play high school sports, you shouldn't have the ability to school to, to sue a kid because to sue, to sue the school or sue the PIAA or sue that because ultimately it's going to happen. It probably will. And that's probably the main reason why yeah. they would be against it. But that's the in problem. In my though. personal opinion, if you're if you're signing up to play sports, you're also signing away your right to sue. You're if putting you are, the risk out there. This is this is kind of harsh to say in a sense, but if you are if you are agreeing that I am taking the risk to play a sport, if you're saying I want to play high school football and you get you know the coronavirus. Then you, whose whose fault is that? If you get it from from playing, you know, if you get it from playing football, whose fault is that? But you're you're the one that said I want to play. Now there's a difference between you know every single situation is different. I had to go to the store to get something to eat, but the store has the understanding. There's the understanding that there's a liability in going to the store. I have to go to school if the school's forcing me to go there. But and so that's that in that sense you're saying. That's not fair. But if you're saying I'm playing high school sports because I want to play high school sports, you're you're an adult saying yes, I'm allowing my kid to play high school sports. He should be able to. And then he he or she potentially gets sick. You can't get mad at the fact that you let your kid go to get into that situation. I hate to open this whole can of worms again, but just real quick, last thing I'll say on this is the difference between saying yes, the risk is I agree to the risk. If I play football, I might get a concussion, might get CTE, so on and so forth. The difference between that and COVID is it's not just impacting me. It's going to impact if I play and I get it, I'm bringing it home, and now we're talking about all those other effects and the other people that you but interact you with. you still can't – I still don't think you should You should have the ability to sue. Oh, I agree. I say I agree you're signing up to that risk, but what I'm also saying is you're not – when you play football, you get a concussion. It's just me that's impacted. If I play no, and I, I get I sick, agree with it's that. impacting agree, everyone I, else in my orbit. No, I, I said that earlier too. I agree with that 100%. I just don't think that should have any factor in determining if you should sue. The only reason you should sue is if they put no effort into protecting, which – we all know they're going to put in as much effort as they feel is necessary. As, as they, they're going to put in a lot of effort. And if, 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 if something goes wrong, if there becomes a surge in cases, it's not because they didn't try to limit everything. 
it's because they just didn't know they just don't know enough about the virus and that's why it spread. There's a reason really, the Pirates don't have cases and wrong. the Cardinals do. Yeah. Because yeah, of the yeah. effort that was put in. And in, and in so to, to that point safe. to backtrack to our college thing, I I think we're on agreement that you can't expect. I think the NCAA, if there are sports played, is going to ask students to like follow strict quarantine, not gathering. And we're all saying it's not going to happen. They're not going to listen. I think to a point, they should be viewed the same way those college athletes that the Cardinals and the Marlins are being viewed. It's different because they're not getting compensated for their yes, ability to play. That is a big thing. And that's a whole nother discussion that we'll have to save yeah. for another episode. But <laughs> If you're given the opportunity and the league and your conference and the NCAA says, sure, you can play football, and then you cannot have the personal discipline to follow a strict quarantine role so that you don't get yourself and your team sick, even though you're not being compensated, you should still be viewed, I think, in some sort of bad light that you couldn't follow the guidelines that the rest of us were following in March and didn't have the ability to go out and do a, an activity that we enjoyed. See, it's different, you know, I don't think it's mainly because they're not getting compensated. I mean, that's a different discussion. I think the value of a scholarship is really is a lot higher than a lot of people would say. I, I think they I are compensated. You, I mean, I think that they should get they should at the very least be able to sell their likeness and make some money off of themselves, you know. But I definitely would argue that they are compensated. But that is a different discussion for a different day. Real I think quick, what it comes though. down to is when you look at the year, college years and high school years. There is, there is no more important years to a person's development than those years. So by enforcing them to these – so by college kids breaking these guidelines is, yes, there does need to be some personal responsibility in there. You know, they do need to take responsibility for what they do. They, need to, they do need to be safe. They do need to be careful. They do need to be all of that. But you're also telling them that they can't develop as much as they should be able to. You know, they should be able to develop. The, the, the high school and college years are the most important years for a person's development. So if you're limiting them on what they can do significantly, you know, they're going to break it because they need to do these things to be able to grow as a person. So that's that's really more why I would see a college person for breaking it. I mean, they're not going to think that much into it. They're going to think like, oh, it's a party. I want to go have fun. I'm going to go to a party, you know? That's what they're going to think into it. But when it comes down to it, the reasoning deep down for why they want to go out is that they actually they need to do this stuff to develop, you know, as a person. I think real quick, though, going back to college, and someone needs to explain this to me, and I kind of think about it. Um, I saw Wisconsin's AD, Barry Alvarez, said that the players will be practicing and working out and continuing to do that what's the difference between that how concerned are you about this about kids getting the virus if yeah you're not allowed to play but you're allowed to you know work out and do they're doing full they're doing full equipment practicing right what's where is your concern obviously i think that they'd be saying well it's only you know let's say 40 players on a, on a roster it's 40 players versus 80 players yeah, but at the same time, it's still a person. If one person is potentially sick and it spreads, why are you allowed to be able to practice, but you're not allowed to be able to play? That you're allowed. To, these kids are allowed point. to do literally everything else that they're that they can. They can go to class because there are classes on campus. They can, you know, work out. They can eat. They can 
hang out with their friends or whatever, but they're not allowed to do the, the thing that, you know, for lack of a better term, they're there for. To, to that point, I think with a high school sports, they're practicing, you know, they're all yeah. together and you're at a much higher risk in terms of transmission inside in the weight room than you're ever going to be on the football field. When I'm thinking of like, well, the reason you shouldn't play a sport, one of the, what I'm thinking if I'm on that side of the argument is the team gatherings, the locker room and the weight room. I'm not thinking of the actual contests themselves. And so that's what, yeah, you're exactly right, Spencer. The, the NCAA guidance and these colleges saying we're going to keep practicing and having conditioning and all this, just not play the games. The games are probably the lowest risk. If I'm an athlete, I don't know about all, I'm, I'm not obviously, but if I'm an athlete at a D1 school, I'd be, in, let's say I'm an athlete at, I don't know, let's pick a school, Purdue. Clearly I'm not going to win the, the, the Big Ten, but I got to go in every day and work out and work out and go to class and work out and have stay on this schedule all for just a chance to potentially play in the spring when I think most of them realize that they're not going to be able to play in the spring. And you sit there and say, what's the point of this? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? You're, you're a Division One athlete to be able to play football. It's a chance for you to get drafted into the NFL. You're going to get drafted because you're working out? You're, I mean, you're more likely to be drafted if, because you're working out than if you were sitting there eating Cheetos and playing video games for six months. But if I'm a sophomore on a, on a Purdue team, I'm not sitting there saying, yeah, I'm going to work out so I can get drafted this no, year. No, but you're going to be sitting there saying, I'm going to work out so I can have a better junior season and be in better and still stay in shape. But athletes. you've got to be frustrated with the idea that you're working out and you have you're, you have to spend a whole another year to work out to do just to get that chance. Look, regardless, regardless, you're going to be working out year round. You're you're a Division One athlete. True. In a big school, you're going to be working out year round. But the, that, I think the idea is how concerned like are are these people actually for this? How concerned are they actually for me getting the virus? They're concerned that I can't play the sport, but I can work out. You know what they should do. They should make the entire school's enrollment the player pool. So if a team gets it, they just oh pull gosh. they just pull a bunch of engineering <laughs> majors out there. Can you imagine and like throw them on the that? field? <laughs> and on that note, I think I think we should call it an episode. I think so. <laughs> I, I don't I think, think so. we've accomplished anything. There's no uh, there's no answer really for any of this, but other than we now know. There never, a, there's a no answer, though, real It's quick. an impossible decision. Make there's no rules enrollment the player pool. <laughs> That's the decision. Let's do it. There's Let's no answers. It. I want to see some science. I want to see some science nerd getting getting hit by a 600-pound <laughs> lineman. <laughs> 600? Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, that would be a pretty big bout. That would be – that's twice as big as, as – a, a lineman. That's, that's three. That's twice, two, two to three times as big as an average lineman. That six hundred pound lineman would probably be going to the NFL. That six hundred pound lineman he wouldn't probably be able to would move. Not be eating He's cheetos. just rolling. <laughs> it's just a boulder rolling through the. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our fourth episode of Pittsburgh Made. We're gonna come back next week with an episode that has the quiz show and finally give Logan a chance to win one. You're still winless, Logan. Yeah, it's weird. I think we should kick the can down the road and we're going to delay the quiz show for two weeks until we know what's happening. We'll reassess later on. Well, of course, there's asterisks because we're doing it differently. Uh huh. 
sure. We'll reassess later it on. Is, it is weird being. It is weird not being in first. Meanwhile, your questions margin. last week were by far the or last question were by far the hardest of all the, of all of us. Yeah, the only one that hasn't me. followed the quiz show rules is you, Logan, with your 1800s fire. I misunderstood. I misunderstood. You didn't follow the guidelines, so, you know, it's not our fault that you're losing. Maybe you should call up your taxi for right? <laughs> You can get the show on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else that you can get your podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode. Spencer, Logan, have a great weekend. Yep, we'll see you guys later. Cut from the level.